Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. You release endorphins, oxytocin, feel-good hormones that makes you feel better about yourself, your body, your relationship. You know, it increases your mood, your confidence, your self-esteem that somebody wants you and desires you and you can experience pleasure together. And this can carry over into your career, into your relationship with your kids, right? What would being in a good mood do for you? Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Chris here, your host, and I am so excited to be sharing part two of my conversation with Debbie Marielle Elzia. She is an intimacy specialist, a psychotherapist, and she has such an incredible perspective when it comes to intimacy for married women. So last week, we had a whole conversation about having a healthy relationship. So we talked about what men and women want, why self-care is so important for our relationship. We talked talked about the important differences between men and women and why we need to celebrate that. And we promised that this week we would dive into making love. So we are talking about intimacy from a sex perspective today. And like I said, her perspective is so unique, so powerful. I know that I got so much out of this podcast episode, and she actually invited me into a session with her in between our two episodes. So we were recorded our first episode together last week, and she was like, hey, let's hop on a call. Let's talk about this kind of one-on-one, and you can experience it, and then we can go into our next conversation next week. And I was like, 100%, absolutely, I'm totally on board. And we had such an incredible conversation. I was talking with my husband about our conversation all weekend long. It was so impactful. And so I was able to go into this interview with all of these things that we had talked about and ask her even more questions that I know are going to be so helpful for you. So if you are a married woman who wants to improve your relationship, who wants to improve your lovemaking, this is going to be such a powerful episode for you. I'm so excited for you to dive right in. So without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Debbie. Welcome back, Debbie. I am so excited to have you on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast for a second time. Today, we are digging into part two 
on our conversation on intimacy. So last week, we talked a lot about having a healthy relationship. We talked about what men and women want, why self-care is so important for our relationship, the difference between men and women, and why we need to celebrate that. And today, we are going to dive deep into making love what women need for great sex lives. We're going to talk about female pleasure. We're going to talk about our cultural view of sex and why it can be problematic. We're going to talk about why it's so great, not just for our relationship, but also our health. I can't wait to dig in. Thank you. I'm I'm excited. Oh my gosh. So I actually had the pleasure of being able to chat with you last week, one-on-one as well. And so where I had an idea in my head of the questions I wanted to ask you when it came to this topic, I completely rewrote and reworked everything after you and I had this incredible conversation. Um, And like I told you before we started officially recording, um, I've been talking to my husband about our conversation all weekend long. Like we keep bringing it up into conversation because it was so powerful. So I know that this is going to be so powerful for the women listening. So where I really want to start um, is something that came up a couple of times in our conversation together. And this is our kind of cultural view of sex. So this idea of this hookup culture that we're in, that sex is just this physical thing, um, the prevalence of porn, all of these things that all of these kind of skewed ways that we oftentimes view sex in our culture. And so I wanted to kind of start by having you share a little bit about how this can be problematic versus how you describe lovemaking. So what is the difference in your opinion, kind of between the two of these and why does culture and this cultural view of sex make having this really strong, intimate bond kind of difficult? Yeah, um, because I believe that things like hookup culture and that women are supposed to just enjoy like banging it out, right? And with people that that don't love them and pornography, which is, you know, many of us nowadays, uh, people growing up seeing thousands of bodies having sex before they even have a relationship themselves. Why do I think those are damaging? Well, they're damaging to the lovemaking aspects of sexuality, because there is no loving, honoring, cherishing of each other. It's really just about bodies and maybe chasing orgasms. And it's not about love and connection. So we're missing out on the the beautiful potential of sex and just honing in on the, the like the kind of the physical animalistic side of it, right? I, animals can have sex. Uh, porn stars could have sex, right? But people, lovers, committed people in committed relationships make love. And that, I think, is being lost with this emphasis on just the physicality of it. Mm, yeah, no, I can I can totally understand that, that it's probably hard to make that shift. And I, I know in my own experience, too, I can understand having that view of sex and shifting to, okay, now you know, it's, we're supposed to just, I guess we're supposed to have this deep connection with our partners now that we are married. And that's not what culture tells us. Culture tells us that, you know, sex is just sex. And then how do we switch from that into, you know, into this connected relationship or this important part? One thing we could start doing an easy shift is to start talking about it in terms of making love Mm. instead of having sex. Like I said, porn stars have sex. People in love make love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. It's a hard Not shift even, to make in it, my head, but I like it. <laughs> it's a hard shift. It's so funny how the words don't flow out of a lot of people's uh, mouths, but we also use in tantric tradition, we use like honoring words for our genitals too, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, because the word, let's face it, pussy and, you know, the, and worse, or I mean, is, is, can be used kind of derogatory, like don't be a pussy or to a guy. Hey, don't be a dick. He's a dick. It's an insult, right? I mean, right, these yeah. are used as insults, right? Yeah, and that's true. And so why not give them honoring words? Like in tantric, mm-hmm. we call the female genitals, the yoni and, and mm-hmm. uh, the male is the lingam, but I help my clients come up with other words that they like. I've got a client that calls her the Miss Tulip, you know, <laughs> <laughs> named for flowers and things like that. Or, um, 
you know, that that you if you come up with honoring words, you look at things differently. Same with um like a blow job, a hand job. Who wants another job, right? Yuck, another job. How about a blow joy? How about a hand joy? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. It, it sounds so much different. I mean, let's face it, if you're not in the mood, you can give your husband one of these 10 minutes of your day. 10 of your day and it's a joy and he's grateful and it turns the whole tone of the relationship if you lovingly give it it's a blow joy <laughs> makes sense it really does and i love that and it is hard to kind of make that shift but i think it's an intentional shift that we can make that's not that hard to remember that you know we are in relationship with someone that we love and this is something that connects us and that it can be a joy um so i i want to kind of start there i want to start talking about the the benefits of having this intimate relationship this sexual bond making love often. So when we hopped on our call last week, you told me that research shows that the more sex a man has, the longer he lives. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's something that I've, you know, I know that it's beneficial for our overall health and wellness in general, but can you kind of share, just we'll start there and then we'll kind of talk about how it helps our relationship. So what are some of the health benefits of having this healthy sexual bond? Yeah, for both for both genders, and this is also key to longevity. It's a, it's a great stress release. So not only is sex itself a stress release, but if you're making love a lot, your relationship is better, and people in happier relationships live. Set men, they've only the, the study's only been conclusive in men seven years longer. So basically, wow. being in a bad marriage will be as bad for a man as smoking. So why is that stress release? Well, you release endorphins, oxytocin, feel-good hormones. That makes you feel better about yourself, your body, your relationship. You know, it increases your mood, your confidence, your self-esteem, that somebody wants you and desires you, and you can experience pleasure together. And this can carry over into your career, into your relationship with your kids, right? What would being in a good mood do for you? carries over. It also leads to better sleep even. So, you know, many women are shortchanged on good sleep, better brain function and mental clarity. So better production, productivity and what all the busy, busy things we're trying to do. A healthy sex life boosts your immune system. You know, never been more important than now during a pandemic, you know, so boost your immune system. It also relieves a lot of feminine Issues like cramps and pain, and it regulates the menstrual cycle. Um, but again, you know, of course, the mental and emotional benefits, more peace of mind. Your your partner is probably going to be more loving towards you and more supportive the more you bond together physically. Um, so those are just a, a few things. And then and then the pales, you know, look how many marriages dissolve over sexual and relationship frustrations and divorce and divorce is about one of the worst thing that it can impact your mental uh, and emotional life and your kids too. So Mm -hmm. it's the glue that can hold you together and happy. Yeah. Just a few things, just a few very, very important things. Yeah. I know. I don't, I know that personally, I have not thought of it as being as powerful as it is. And it's, you know, I think it's just one of those things where we didn't talk about it in our family growing up. And I think that was just because it was just an awkward topic, right? And so I didn't understand how powerful it is to our health in our relationships. And so I kind of want to then talk about really how powerful it is and how important it is in our relationships. So something that I know you and I talked about was kind of this idea of moving away from it feeling like a chore or something that we as women have to do, but kind of starting to understand why it benefits our relationship. So the example that I used with you um, is that my husband often feels and tells me that he feels more connected to me when we are physically intimate more often. And I feel more connected. I think I brought this up in last podcast in the last podcast as well. But I feel more connected to him when we're having those deep conversations, when we're spending time together. And you said that this is actually very common. So I would love to talk about how we can sort of 
get into this mindset that lovemaking is a really necessary part of bonding and kind of improving our overall relationship. Yeah. So what happens is a lot of couples find themselves in this like sex intimacy conundrum where she's not in the mood to make love because she hasn't felt this conversation, this connection, this, well, how women define intimacy. Let's look at this. Let's ask a hundred women. How do you define intimacy? And the vast majority of them are going to say this loving connection, communication, vulnerability, a special kind of sharing. Lovely, right? That's probably what you're nodding your head. Yes, that's what you would say. Ask your husband, what does intimacy mean to you, honey? What do you think he'll reply? He would probably say sex. (laughs) He would say sex, sexual intercourse. That is intimacy to a man. And we can't blame each other for the way we are made. We are made differently. Survival of the human race depends on him having sex, right? It's in mm-hmm. his primal brain, right? Need to have sex, right? So I'm going back to sex, right? But it's making love, right? And in a relationship, it's making love. So he has a drive that's often felt like a hunger. And that is how he feels intimacy, right? He feels, in, but that unlocks his heart space largely. Mm-hmm. Notice how sweet your typical husband is after we've made love. And often it carries over for 24 hours, 48 hours even. It opens his heart up because men frequently go through life armored up, right? They're tough. They they don't wear their emotions on the sleeve. They don't have a lot of emotional connection outlets uh, in the world. So they have their, this enables them to relax and kind of de-armor and be more vulnerable and intimate. So, and yet the woman is often waiting to feel romance and talk to and things like that when somebody needs to go first, right? And I don't have men, you know, we probably don't have men listening on this podcast because then I would tell them, go engage your woman in conversation, romance or things like that, right? But they're not here and they're, we are here. So the, op- so the opposite is often true for us. Engage your man physically and watch his heart open up and him be more receptive. Now get your conversation and your love tank filled. Somebody has to go first. Mm, yeah. Okay. We have a lot of power. We do. And that's one of those things that you're you're really helping me to understand. Um, I know that you mentioned in the last episode that most of the women that you work with or mo- the people that you work with are women. And you oftentimes the women, their husbands don't even know that they're working with you. And they have this powerful impact on their marriage <laughs> because we can do so much just by understanding this. But so something that um, something that came up a lot when you and I talked. And I know that it's just a common theme, especially just because hearing from my listeners, whenever I ask them for topic suggestions, stress and burnout are things that come up very often. So most of my, most of my listeners are moms since, you know, this is the healthy balance mama podcast. And so this idea of feeling constantly stressed and constantly burned out is a common theme. And so I think that oftentimes when we feel stressed and we feel burned out, and I know when you and I talked, I was talking about being kind of touched out, especially when we have, I hear that a lot from women having little kids around and they're constantly like, mommy, hold me, mommy, help me, mommy. And we want to do that. We want to be good moms. We want to be there for our kids. But at the end of the day, we're like, just, just don't even touch me. (laughs) So how do you then, how do you help women get to this point where they don't feel so worn down that actually connecting in this way with their partner? So making love or, you know, just connecting intimately in any way feels just kind of impossible. Well, let's look at it from two perspectives. One is if sex feels like a chore and one more thing on your list, then it means you're probably not enjoying it that much. So we would approach it from the, what do you like? What would make this pleasure-filled for you? Relaxing, orgasmic, connecting, fill your heart tank up. So one approach would be how to make it feel that much better for you. And two would be like the shifting into the mindset of, you know, this is enjoyable, I am largely responsible for my own turn on, right? And we did an, you and I did an exercise in coaching yes. on that. And that is that we can't really outsource our whole intimate life to our husband, like, okay, seduce me, right? If you are up in your headspace, if you are stressed and frazzled and overwhelmed, you're not in the mode for making love. Making love comes from a place of relaxation. So then the other approach would be, How do we get you, Kristen? How do we get you, my client, in a place where you can calm yourself, 
feel less stressed, feel more happy about your life, resilient. And we use positive psychology techniques, which are proven. You know, we don't have to delve into the past. We don't have to delve into trauma. There are things you could start doing today to make you feel less stressed, better about your life, better about your body, better about your man and your relationship. All of those things will help you put you in a mindset that, yeah, I, I want to make love. And then the other thing is, now I know what, what turns me on. So put those two together and you are a, you know, cherished and sensual and loved up woman. Mm, I love that because I don't think a lot of us would think of ourselves that way as, I mean, maybe sometimes cherished, you know, I want to feel like my husband cherishes me and there are definitely times where I feel like that, but sensual, loved up, that doesn't oftentimes, I don't think that that describes me. So I think that, um, and I think a lot of us, I think that's true for a lot of women. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm oversharing, but I feel like that is oftentimes it is all of the other stuff. And that came up so many times when you and I talked, I'm like, oh, I'm just stressed about this, stressed about that. And I, I listed off this exercise that you took me through was so powerful. I loved it. So having you, um, you had me consider how I turn myself off and how I turn myself on. And you didn't mention a single thing about my husband. You were, how do you turn yourself off? And I was like, well, I've never even thought about this. And so the things that came up were like being tired and feeling stressed out, usually about work um, and things like that. And you're like, your husband can't do anything about that. And I'm like, that's right. He can't. <laughs> Those are all things that I have the power to work on changing so that I can get myself in that better headspace. And then thinking about how I turn myself on was a really powerful, that was hard for me too, because I'm like, aren't, isn't that our husband's job? <laughs> but there are things that we can do to help ourselves to get into that space too, to help ourselves get out of the space where we feel so worn down that connection feels impossible. And then to help ourselves get into the space. And I even, some of the things that I came up with were really unexpected. And I was funny enough talking to my husband about this, this weekend, like I said, I've talked to him several times after our conversation. And one of those silly little, it, it seems silly and little, but I think the only reason I think it's silly and little is because he has mentioned that he thinks it's kind of silly. And one of the things that definitely makes me feel better about myself is getting my nails done. Just having my nails done. It is a little frivolous and my husband thinks it's frivolous. And, but I mean, I, it's a business expense when I use my hands to be in cooking videos. Right. So, <laughs> but I, you know, it actually makes me feel really good about myself. And I notice, can I, can I, can I interrupt? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. It's, it's feminine Yes, to have yeah. pretty nails. Yeah. You know, you. Yeah, it's feminine, it's pretty. Mm -hmm. And you the more feminine you feel, the more attractive you feel, the more optimistic yeah. you feel. So it's not frivolous. In fact, a yeah. lot of things are not frivolous. I I advocate for my clients to 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 do self-care and I make have them make lists of things that they do to get enjoyment in the moment because your self-care is essential because you set the tone of your whole family. I mean, yeah. your kids might come out down with anxiety if mom's anxious all the time. Mm -hmm. But if mom's chilling in a good mood, you know what? Then everyone's pretty much in a good mood, aren't they? Yeah. And your husband is magnetically drawn to you when you are relaxed, happy, and in a good mood. In fact, men pick women to marry because they think that they can make them happy. And the leading, leading cause of divorce is the man feels like, I cannot make her happy. Mm, you know, that's powerful. I, I, I give up. I can't make her happy. And the truth is that what makes her happy is largely inside her. Mm. And he'd have to be a magician to poof, get you out of your head and into you being happy if you were not on board with this. So yeah, yeah. you have to do things that reduce your stress or change your mindset about things. Yeah. And, you know, like gratitudes and such, because your man would have to be a magician to turn you on and get you off if you are all unhappy, body image issues, all up in your head, anxiety, stressed, the laundry needs to be folded and all this stuff. He'd have to be a magician to please you. We can't mm -hmm. outsource all this to him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think... 
talking about that. I can't even remember if it was on the podcast or off when we were talking about just getting in that right mind space is so can be so powerful. Um, you know, just getting the laundry out of the room, <laughs> just, you know, getting yourself to that place. And, and that those little things that are really not that little, the things that make me, I guess they do make me feel feminine. I don't even think I didn't even think of it like that. And I was telling him that, and I was like, that was one of the things that came up where I was like, this makes me feel really good about myself. Makes me feel feminine and has nothing to do with, um, you know, wearing certain clothes makes me feel good about myself too. Um, but for the most part, it has nothing to do with, like, with my body. It's how I feel about myself. And so I'm like, so I've got to get my nails done more. He's like, all right, if that's, what's going to (laughs) help, he's like, I'm on board. Um, but it is, I think it's, it's such a powerful exercise to, really get real with ourselves and be like, what do I do to turn myself off? What do I do to turn myself on? And how can I really make that change and make that change in our, in our relationship and in our lovemaking, in our intimacy? So it's so powerful. Okay. So you wrote a paper for the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy, all about the six things that women need for great sex lives. And you actually told me before our previous episode that you added kind of an extra, a bonus as well. But I obviously Mm -hmm. want to dig into these. So can you kind of give us an overview of these six things that we as women need for a great sex life? They are the six are knowledge, uh, worthiness and confidence, time, emotional connection, embodiment, that means being in the body and not up in the head and creativity. So the first one is about knowledge because the de facto sex education in the world has is become pornography. Uh, it's where most people learn about it. And that is not a pleasure-based sex education. It's performance. It's generally designed to get a man off quickly. <laughs> it's not how women operate in the real world. So it would first we would have a personalized sexual education because let's say for instance libido desire arousal all three different things you know most people don't lump them together and the largest cause uh complaint about women nowadays is low desire the biggest cause of of um low desire is stress right or lack of emotional connection too so um there's there's a lot to know about that you're not alone these are common causes you know cause and effects and things like that and it's a pr- kind of a problem solving mode but then there's also knowledge about what you as a woman like what you dislike your boundaries your maybes things like that because every woman is different and our desires even change over the course of our lifetime or perhaps even in the course of that month or even in the same lovemaking session what felt good 10 minutes ago is irritating now right so knowing that our our desires are changing and that they are not obvious to our man, right? We need to kind of identify them ourselves so that we can communicate them to our lover so that we can get what we desire. Mm. So that would be knowledge section in a nutshell. Then there is worthiness and confidence, right? Overcoming negative messages we get about our sexual sexuality, our bodies, our desires, Uh, shame, guilt, releasing those, giving ourselves permission to be sexual beings. And then, um, you know, we fill ourselves with things like I mentioned, gratitude, uh, self-care to keep our love tank full. So we have sexual energy Mm -hmm. and confidence and worthiness and able to share that. And it does mean that we don't need, you'll, you'll find out in, you know, in coaching, we, we release the desire that, oh, only if I had a perfect body or a perfect relationship or had this kind of spice, that's what I need. No, we release that because what's really a key to pleasure is your confidence, your relaxation, enjoyment, uh, connection. This is also what makes you a good lover to a man, right? he's, he's not looking for a perfect body. He wants a woman who wants to be with him, who enjoys being with him, who actually desires him. Those are the top things that a man likes confidence. Mm, That makes so much sense. (laughs) 
And that'll segue into the next one, which is emotional connection, because, you know, Cosmo magazine aside, women have been fed this thing that we should just be able to enjoy meaningless sex. And I call bullshit on that. (laughs) Right. That makes us feel used. Even if even a hook, let's face it, even the hookups, who's not waiting like, gee, I hope he'll call me. Right. Because if it's good, if it's halfway decent sex, we bond with that person. We Mm -hmm. want more. We can't help it. Our bodies are kind of telling us, our hormones are telling us to bond. And we release this cuddle hormone and things like that. So making love with deep emotional connection, I believe, is life's greatest joy. And so how do you get it? Well, you have to have an atmosphere of safety and trust for one thing. And that looks different for men or women. You know, women, we might find our safety and trust in conversation, right? But a man might find it in feeling respected and capable and admired by his woman. So we're different in that area, but how do we create an atmosphere of trust? That goes back to kind of the relationship stuff that we talked about in the prior podcast. So when you build your man up in his masculinity and his confidence, it you're not only more attracted to him, right? Because he is more uh, manly and confident, but he's, you're, you know, you're more attracted to him, right? Vice versa. It's just a beautiful cycle of masculine um, femininity, which builds polarity and desire, right? When we're both competing with each other to be like king of the roost and things like that, competition kills desire. So Mm -hmm. how do we complement each other? And so um, that's something that coaching can help you with is building an emotional connection, safety and desire. Does that make sense? Yeah. The next one is time. A great sex life does not just happen. It needs priority in time. And I time, I put in two factors. One is the prioritizing of your love life. I mean, everybody seems to want to put their kids first, 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 right? Or their job, kids, job, kids, job, kids, job, way down there, husband and lovemaking way down there when maybe last thing of the day when you're exhausted and it's like touched out and stressed and you expect magic to happen. Mm -mm. I would encourage my clients to prioritize their love life, to see it as, you know, once we start enjoying it more too, it becomes easier, but to plan for sexy times, because the times that you are both mutually spontaneously aroused are not going to happen in long-term relationships. They just Mm -hmm. don't. That's something that happens early on in dating relationships and then things change, but you can create these intimate moments and times and see them as they're also a form of self-care because you feel good with them. And time has another aspect, which is acknowledge that women's bodies take longer to be responsive than men. I always like to say that men go from zero to six inches in 60 seconds or less, like, (laughs) you know, they're ready, but we're not like that. So we can't hate each other for our differences, right? We got to acknowledge that a man is like frequently, you know, his desire is like a hunger and he's like a microwave, but we are like a, he's like a, yeah, he's like, and we are like a crock pot, put it that way. He's a microwave or a crock pot. We're a wood burning stove. We need kindling. We need to keep it going. And it takes often 20 to 40 minutes for the female body to get fully aroused. So that's why we have to plan time because you don't want to do that 11 o'clock at night. No. Um, so that's the time connection. Um, the next challenge for many, many women is embodiment. And that means we don't make love necessary. Although our brain in many ways is our most important sex organ. We don't want to be caught up in our brain Mm -hmm. and our thoughts and our distraction and our judgment so that we actually forget that we even have a body, right? Mm -hmm. We forget about all our other, our five senses and lovemaking is a sensory experience. But if we're all caught up in our heads, we can't relax and be into our body. So we have to develop mindfulness when it comes to lovemaking. And that means feeling both relaxed and aroused and in our senses. And how do we do that? Well, I'll teach you some things and we'll do them in our, in our coaching calls and you'll do them. And, and you're, uh, you know, you saw how refreshing before we joined, I got on this call, you and I did a breath work, maybe five minutes, right? Where you relaxed, you felt relaxed, calm, you know, more optimistic, more present, 
I would, I put a little bit of tinge of sexual energy into it with the mm-hmm and the bringing the breath down to your pelvic bowl, but you can totally energize yourself through things like breath, visualization, sounding, movement, touch, imagination. All of these are part of the tantric lovemaking tradition, which is uh, uh, something else I weave in without all the, I don't, I don't bring in the ultra spiritual elements of tantra, but I bring in things like the mindfulness, the conscious lovemaking practices, the being very present in your body, your senses. So these are practices being able to get out of your head and into your body. These are, um, things that are learned skills largely Mm. for most women. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's something we talked about a lot was the getting out of your head. Cause I have a, I have a hard time getting out of my head in any, I have a hard time getting out of my head to sleep, let alone to get into that mode of lovemaking. Right. So, and I think that's also a a common theme. Obviously these are (laughs) things you're talking about all the time. Um, So yeah, I think bringing in more of those mindfulness practices could be really, really powerful. Yeah. So your coach holds you, you know, teaches you what works for you, you know, like, Ooh, I like that. It feels juicy. That feels delicious. And we're like, okay, let's hold you accountable for doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) now let's say you did that five minute breath work, you know, that we did, or, you know, and even if we do it for a little longer or something, and now your husband walks into the room, don't you look at him with new eyes when you are relaxed and in your senses? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and much yourself. more than it also feeling stressed. teaches you to be kinder on yourself, like, you know, kinder with yourself is part of it too. Yeah. And the sixth is creativity. How do you know what you like if you've never tried it? So, and, and it's not just about like scenarios. It's also about the emotions you want to feel from lovemaking then the scenarios that help get you there. So we explore with these kind of feelings that intrigue you. Maybe you want to feel cherished or powerful or playful or naughty, maybe submissive or spiritual, those kind of things. Those are all themes. Um, And so there's so much beyond intercourse. A lot of women suffer from pain even, but you can still make love. Right. And you can, in the biggest source of, of female pain is premature penetration, which goes back to time and getting the kind of lovemaking you want and getting yourself primed and things like that. So one of the the biggest cure for pain actually can emanate from coaching and in in your head because you get the kind of lovemaking you want. And there's very much you can do beyond just traditional penis and vagina, which only gets off about one third of women anyways, about two thirds of women don't even orgasm from that anyhow. And yet porn has given people the impression that that is what it's all about. And it leaves us hanging. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can, I love all those examples you gave of different scenarios that could, that you could desire or the way you want to feel, right? Because I I hadn't considered that before. Like, how do I want to feel? I'm sure it's different things on different days, but that isn't something that I have considered. And I can imagine how that would help with the creativity. And I think creativity is one of those things that a lot of us probably struggle with just because we get into those, you know, routines of, okay, it's time to do this. Let's, you know, in and out and we're done, <laughs> but how much better right. would it we be if we were orgasm chasing? I mean, we feel like it's a success if we were able to orgasm, which is great, but that's just like, then it's not, it's just a destination, right? It's, it's yeah. what it's, a, it's one more thing to do. It's a job. We got to get to orgasm, right? And then we get up in our head, like, am I going to or not? And it's less likely to happen. The more you think about, is this going to happen? <laughs> so it's about enjoying the sensuality, the pleasure, the journey, the emotional connection. And then ironically, that makes orgasm even more likely to happen. How about that? Mm, okay. That's that's the other thing I want to dig into a little bit and something I know you talk about. And this idea of like chasing orgasms versus real pleasure and sensuality. And I don't really, I don't think I really know the difference. So how do we as women, like other than these, these things that you just mentioned, these six things that we need to have a better sex life, is it just focusing on these things? How do we start to get to the point of having the type of sex, making love in a way that we want to do it more? Well, I mean, like I, like I just described, there's a lot of moving parts, each of those, you know, six categories even has different subsections, but let's say if I was to 
if I were to focus on a chronological order, I would say get less stressed and more happy with your life and so that you can approach lovemaking from a place of relaxation. Mm. Let that exercise we did last week and I turned myself on, I turned myself off. You saw that, you know, wow, no wonder why I'm not, you know, feeling all turned on and all this stuff. Look at what I've caused, you know, created in my life that causes me to feel so much stress and uh, overwhelm. So first part would be getting rid of some of that stress and overwhelm. And I, and that absolutely can be done. Um, and then the next part I would say would be viewing your partner in a more, in a, in a loving way, mm-hmm. because you picked him for a reason. And he's still that guy, even if you're not getting along so much anymore, you can bring this man that wants to love you, please you be your hero back by using your feminine wiles and your charms and relationship skills in relating with a man. So feel good about your life was the first part, basically more relaxed, feel good about your man. This is the key to building desire and attraction. And then I would say a lot of the sexual aspects and such would come in. Now you're more relaxed. You're more attracted to your man. Okay. Now we can create an atmosphere of sexual explorers together. Safety, trust. Now we can have some fun. Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. This is so powerful because this is not how I would have thought that we, we should approach maybe issues with our sex life or, how, you know, wanting you to think? improve. I'm curious. Think, how did you think? Well, I think that people think in general, and I mean, so, I mean, I don't think that I necessarily would consider myself to have like major problems in this area, but definite, I think definitely I've shared this with you. Like, I think we can definitely improve. Right. But for people who feel like they do have or either in the same place as me where they're like, you know, we don't have problems, but we could definitely improve it, make it better. Or people who are like, this is a major issue. Like I never want to do it. I never, you know, I feel like we think that something is wrong with us. Like something's wrong with our bodies or we're not, you know, we're just not doing the right move. Like we're not doing the right position or our husband's not turning us on in the right way. Or, you know, we, I think we have these ideas, or at least I've had these ideas of we've got to approach it from the actual point of in the bedroom. And so you go from this place of, no, 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 we got to start way, way outside the bedroom. <laughs> we got to start with our life and feeling more relaxed and being ready to, to make love and thinking of our husband in a different way and being more um, in bringing in the gratitude piece, bringing in mindfulness and presence. And then we get to the point of let's be more creative. Let's figure out what we want. Let's stop chasing orgasms and focus on pleasure. And I'm like, my mind is blown. And I'm so excited about this. I think it's so great because I don't think that that's what's oftentimes, at least for me. And I tend to find if it's true for me, it's probably true for other people. (laughs) But this is not the way that I thought we would approach things. And I, I really appreciate your approach because it is... It's, it is, I think we know now, especially from what you're talking about, that having a, a healthy, intimate relationship helps our health. It helps our relationship. And we, we kind of know these things, but understanding how to get from point A to point B is really hard. And they've like given us this incredible map for how we can, how we can start to get there. Yeah. You said, so you can use the word broken a few times. And I always, my slogan is like, you are not broken. Female sexuality is complicated. Yeah. It's an art. It's a science. And it's a learned skill that you probably never learned. And your man certainly doesn't know what the, what it's like to be a female inside a female body. I mean, let's face it. Men are totally, their experience is so different. Ask a man, what are you thinking, honey? What does he answer? Nothing. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing. We're so like nothing. inconceivable, inconceivable <laughs> because we have female brains and they are not capable of being shut off. Right. Yeah. Whereas a guy, he can think about nothing. If he's in the sex- sexual mode, he is single task focused. He is focused and we are buzzing up there all over the place. Our brains are dis- disconnected and full of emotions and things like that. Our experiences are so different, but we are not broken because almost all females can relate to this. We just need to learn how to uh, how do we, how we respond? You know, we're different. We, we have to understand the, f- the female anatomy, the female makeup on this, but also our own selves and our own relationship dynamics, because it is an art and a science and a learned skill and we don't know it. And it's time to learn it and thrive yeah. with what we've got. 
I think that's so encouraging too, to understand that this is a learned skill that we're not supposed to just magically know <laughs> what we're supposed to necessarily, what we're supposed to do to have this really great intimate sexual bond with our husbands. I I think, yeah, we are just expected. You're like, well, you get married and now, you know, you have to have this really great bonding experience, but then life happens and kids happen. And, you know, we get up all up in our head and we feel disconnected. And this can be something that really reconnects us. So I, but it's a skill. (laughs) So that is, that is helpful because a skill we can do, right? These are all things that are doable. You know, nothing that you said is so, seems so outrageous that I'm like, there's no way I can do that. Like I can, I can definitely work on being more mindful and getting out of my head. And I can definitely, you know, work on being more grateful and all of these things that you, that you said, and then, then we can get to the point where we're getting more creative and having more fun. (laughs) You know, do people invest like so much in their education, their careers, their kids their everything. And they invest little next to nothing ever on their relationship and their sexuality. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. And I think that any time into it, and it's like the most rewarding thing you can do. It's the best thing you can do for your happiness and your mental health and your emotional health is to have a happy, loving, supportive relationship. And yet we don't invest in that at all. It's true. It's our most important relationship for everything that's wrong. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, as someone who's had a lot of ups and downs in, in my relationship, I, I recognize that I think most of us don't think about investing in our relationship or getting help until there's a big problem. And I think that we don't need to have, we don't definitely don't need to have big problems. If we have big problems, that's a definite reason to invest in a relationship, but we don't have to have big problems to invest in a relationship, to improve on it where it is now. And I think that that's really, really powerful and something that I've learned a lot in the last couple of years that you you don't have to be on the verge of major issues to, to improve your relationship. The typical therapy model too, and the marriage counseling model in particular is to focus on the problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas in my coaching, we focus on what's good and how can we get more? Mm -hmm. Well, how can we get more of the good stuff? The pot, you know, the positive psychology, what makes life good? What makes life flourishing without focusing, without dragging your husband into marriage counseling, which is so against guy code to go talk to a stranger about his feelings, his fears, and his failures, that he's probably going to resent the heck out of you for dragging him in there. And it's not going to work anyways. So why not just show up, start showing up happier like the girlfriend he married, right? He married you and was hoping, hoping, hoping you'd stay that same sweet, sexy girlfriend. Why not start showing up like her again? You'll have a heck of a lot more fun in life, right? You'll be more flirty and playful and have more joy to me. I don't look as coaching as like work. It's not working on your marriage. It's like, how do you like overnight turn your marriage into a more fun, playful place? That's actually how it works. It's not like therapy. We're not digging into pain. We are digging into, we're digging up positivity. Mm, I love that. Yeah. That was one of the things that you said to me when we were chatting off air was that marriage doesn't have to be work. Like a relationship doesn't have to be work. We can bring in more play. We can have fun. We can get to the point where we are having so much fun and, and we're so, you know, bonded in love with each other that we aren't fighting and we are. And I'm like, it, wait, go back to the, doesn't have to feel like work. <laughs> yeah. It, sh- it should be your greatest joy. I mean, like yeah. I, I shared with you offline too. My daughter has had health struggles, bad ones for seven years. Yeah, I mean, my husband has been not just my rock, but I, it also gives my life purpose because I feel kind of hope, you know, I feel often very helpless. Yeah. I feel helpless to help my daughter in face of chronic illness, but loving my husband and keeping a good man happy gives my life purpose. Mm. It's a pleasure to make him happy because he reciprocates, you know, like everything I could want as well. So that's a way to look at it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Good man reciprocates. Yes. Yeah. So don't be afraid about going first because a good man reciprocates and then some. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. This has been so great. Um, so to kind of start to wrap things up, I'm just wondering if there's anything we've talked about so much, but is there anything you feel like 
we missed? Anything you feel like you want to tell the woman listening um, who wants to kind of, you know, amplify her lovemaking, better connect with her partner, anything else you kind of want to say to the woman who's listening? Yeah, the woman really does have the power to change the dynamics of the relationship. So if you're fed up with your husband, for instance, why don't you just take out a piece of paper right right now and write down three to five things that you love, admire, or respect about him? And when you see that, you know, know, and how that makes you change your opinion about him just by doing a one-minute exercise, imagine how much coaching would help you to really thrive in your relationship when you start to look at the positivity. And here's the thing, don't wait for him to change. You have the power to do it between, you know, life is finite. And this is a great joy that you're potentially could start harnessing today. Um, You have the power. The man has much less power to influence every, like in the sexuality realm, every woman is different, right? Mm -hmm. And, and in the pleasing her realm, every woman is different, but guys are pretty darn simple. You know, they want to feel your respect, your appreciation, and they want to be loved up physically, right? Simple, simple stuff. We can do that. And then a good man reciprocates, becomes our hero, delights us, wants to please us. You can get that too. I know you're nodding your head, Chris. I know you Mm -hmm. can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. This has been so, so great. I love this conversation. I know this is going to help so many women. Um, So can you remind my listeners how they can connect with you, the work you do, your coaching? Yeah. My business is called More Intimacy. So it's moreintimacy.net. You can schedule a complimentary call with me to discuss your challenges, your goals, and see how I might be a fit. Um, I have a sensuous woman program that focuses on the the sexuality aspects of it. And then I have a um, a cherished woman program that focuses on the um, becoming happier, less stress, understanding your man and making him want to please you and turning your your sex into lovemaking. So um, those are uh, available as well as my, my Facebook group has over 2000 women in it and we're, I'm posting there regularly, all kinds of tips and such. And there's a lively discussions. It's called more intimacy in marriage for women. So, uh, I hope that's helpful. My website, more intimacy, this, yeah, the Facebook group, those are ways to reach me. And thank you for this opportunity, Chris. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yes. This has been so great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.